Well, good evening. Normally, it would be a good morning on our end, but um, we're doing this on a Monday night because our, ske- some, our schedules suck. <laughs> we got some catching up to do here. Uh, well, so over the last month, we've had a lot of things going on. I've had some personal stuff going down. Tim has been on vacation. John has been on vacation, weekend trips. So we kind of been behind a little bit, but we're here. So... We're minus one tonight. He's working his uh, part-time job, so we're we're sort of here, and I'm not going to continue that statement. Yeah, well, we're here. Me and you are here. Two's better than none. Um, or but, or one. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder how this show would go with a with a one person. There'd be no debating. I'll tell you that. Uh, great. So just you spewing some BS. Pretty much. Yeah, um. So another another show where I don't have any graphics, but we have some topics that we're going to get on. Um, I can share the screen, and I will make sure that we say we thank the ones that are there for it. Uh, let's get right into it since our last show I that would, we uh, did. I would like to to start off with something a little bit special. Yeah, what's what's your special? And and, and my and my special breaking news here is I was right. I was always right, and I was always going to be right when it came to Juan Soto getting traded. Well, you, we're gonna... you doubted me. You two doubted me. You thought it wasn't going to happen. You thought that San Diego wasn't going to give up enough. You thought uh, Washington wasn't going to be able to pull the trigger. Well, it happened. Well, it was happened. looking well. Well, hold happened. on, hold on. It was looking very grim there for a little while because the whole Air Cosmer deal. <laughs> yeah, but it, the deal was was going to happen regardless. Well, I know, but I mean, we were sitting there in our group chat talking about it. So if you've been living under a rock and haven't known what happened in baseball over the last month, their trade deadline was August 2nd and Juan Soto went from the nationals to San Diego with uh, Josh Bell in return. There was a bunch of prospects involved. And one of the pieces in it was supposed to be Eric Hosmer who had a no trade clause and said, and layman's turns, go pound sand. I'm not and, and going to Washington. Lay, and even more layman's terms, it was LOL, nope. Yeah. Um, before they even said that the deal was still going down, we weren't even sure because there was no announcement that like this deal was going to be able to get finished without Hosmer at first. And then they came out and said that the deal was going to happen. There would be a different piece included instead of Hosmer. And Hosmer ends up getting traded to the Red Sox, anyways, for some cash. As so. a GTFO, we got our new first baseman. And uh, yeah, I was going to say because not only it was uh, Juan Soto, it was also Josh Bell, which was the big kicker there for them. Yeah, getting uh, able to swing it both, but also giving up, you know, the majority of the prospects, hoping that they would get a key piece back in Fernando Tatis, but you know. <laughs> Ringworm. Yeah. Ringworm. We're gonna get into that in Ring a different worm. Yeah, we got a different we got a different category for that that we're gonna discuss some of that on too. Um but we just want to talk a little bit here about the post trade deadline. Phillies made a couple <clears throat> solid moves. Syndergaard was one of them, and then the other one was uh Brandon Marsh and David Robertson were were the other two. So they improved drastically with some of their acquisitions. The Mets are the Mets. They did what they did. The Blue Jays, yeah. 
Blue Jays yeah. just did, man. The Dodgers went out and got Joey Gallo, and funny how that worked out, where the Dodgers yeah. have won, you know, like 41 of, of their last 50 games, and the Yankees were, you know, on a two-for-nine skid. So, uh, you know, maybe and, Joey Gallo was the glue that held New York together. And and the one that kind of – I mean, it didn't really shock us, but the, what, ha- what has happened since then was you got the Orioles who traded away all their, like, Big name players, and they decided they were going to get hot after that. So they're in the yeah. I still, I still think both hunt. those trades were pointless. Yeah, uh, Trey Mancini got traded away, which everybody feel good story, but dumped him, and then all of a sudden, hey, we're going to trade our our closer. And <laughs> their all star closer, the only all star yeah. they had on the team. Yeah, but um, you know, let's also talk about here. We kind of dump on the Reds a little bit, but they uh. Got a good, good swing there when they traded. Uh, I'm gonna butcher this guy's name, but is it uh, Malley, uh, Mahley, whoever it was the starting pitcher? Um, uh, yeah, they traded um, to Minnesota for three yeah, prospects. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then Malley, uh, the Braves went out, yeah. got a Glacies, yeah, something like that. So they, they, uh, you know, they they got some pieces back. I think the biggest one though that shocked me was uh, Montgomery getting traded from the Yankees. Yeah, that one kind of surprised that me a little bit, too. That was a little strange. The one that I didn't understand was the yeah. Blue Jays acquiring Whit Merrifield and then turning around and uh, claiming um, Jackie Bradley Jr. right off of waivers right after that. <laughs> yeah, like, what? who knows? Yeah, we, we don't know. Who knows? I mean... We're, we're not we're not the owners know. of the Blue Jays or the general manager of the Blue Jays, so that's not our call. But but the trade deadline yeah, just, was very very eventful. Oh, but we got We got to make sure we, we we mention it. Only one team did not make any moves at the trade deadline, and that was the Colorado Rockies. And they're showing it with how bad that they suck right now. Yeah, I mean the Rockies have always had a thing with not trading guys or getting guys when they should have. I mean they had a chance. They had multiple chances to trade Trevor Story before he became a free agent, and instead they let him walk for nothing. So. I guess Rockies are going to Rocky. Yeah. So, but trade Let's deadline see, was eventful. Through the rest of the, the trades here, real quick. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of lot of trades involved uh, on that day. It was. I mean, the NL East like, did a lot, a lot of, a lot of <clears throat> bullpen moves. Uh, Mets get every, a couple of relievers there. The. In, in all honesty, every team that yeah. is in cont- in contention for the playoffs or whatever, or or contenders or whatever, all made a at least one trade that benefited them for the playoff push and the team that are pretenders, they're pretenders for a reason. So they sold. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Although in the Orioles, the Orioles sold and they became contenders. So, well, they, they, I think that was, it's kind of like the movie major league where the owners like intentionally trying to tank the team. And all of a sudden they go, you know, we're going to do, we're going to go whole, we're going to win the whole effing thing. Yeah. And that's good what movie, they're gonna though. do. That was a good movie. Great movie. <laughs> Second one was even better. Third one, eh, uh, terrible. <laughs> Back to the miners. Yeah, third one. That was bad. That hell. We don't speak of the third one. No. So let's but, see here. So we we did some deadline. We we harped on how I was right, but and that's I think that's it for living in the past. Yeah. Well, like I said, what, in our in our group chat, when it came down to that trade, until we were told straight up that uh, what should we call it? That Hosmer, that 
Hosmer not being in the deal wasn't going to affect it. Like we were all were like, wait, what? <laughs> Eric Hosmer is about to get hated by two franchises. Oh. And and actually, so obviously with us being Phillies fans, we were talking about the Phillies trades, and it was looking very grim that they were even going to go after another starting pitcher. Turn around, they pulled it. They pulled the trigger on Syndergaard. I know Which, them losing Moniac was kind of like, eh, but man, it's it's nothing. And then it, I wonder if that kind of built up some rapport there, real quick, with because uh, the Marsh trade came first, right? And that was for Ohapi or Ohope yeah. or whatever you want to call him. And I'm kind of shocked that they didn't try to do all that in together because I yeah. thought that's how that deal was going to go. But then last second, you go, uh, how about we just swap failed first-round picks? Yep. Well, oh, wait, I, no, I'm sorry. That was that was for Syndergaard. Yeah, so yeah. The, they essentially ended up swapping them. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, we like Syndergaard. Sounds like he wants to stay in Philly. And Brandon Marsh, other than him getting hurt on that play in the outfield, he's exactly what they so far went for. He's a good outfielder. Young guy, under, okay con- bat. under control. Yeah, okay bat, but he's bad if anything. But well, he's I said, said okay, but outfield wise, spectacular playing in the outfield. And if he does get on base, he's got speed. So they got another guy that can steal some bases. Um, Syndergaard just gives up a lot of choppy hits. That's nothing to be. Uh, I think the last boy. last start with him is probably the where he got rocked the most. Yeah. But so. I mean, he figured his first start with them, he was, had nine days rest and he gave up 11 hits and he, they still won. So, didn't really get, he only gave up, what, one run on those 11 hits? Something like that. Nothing. Yeah. But they nothing, were all kind of cheap hits. Like, yeah. they, nothing, none of them were barreled up. Yeah. So, it was nothing to get uh, worn out about. Um, but with that, I mean, for our next show, I'll have it updated. The standings are just absolutely insane right now. Yeah. They've, they've flipped. <sighs> they, it's all I mean, flipped. I mean, so far, my World Series pick of the Astros is still probably the best team in baseball. So, and my, I, I think I picked the maybe the Twins or the Blue Jays, and that's not looking so hot. Yeah, I'll have to go back and watch the first show when we did that. Um, but the trade deadline can make or break you, and as of right now, like you're talking in a wild card for the American League, you got the Rays, Mariners, and Blue Jays, with the Orioles only a game and a half back. And then the Braves, Phillies, and Padres in the National League with the Brewers a game and a half back. So everything's starting to get a little bit tighter as the season and, goes on here. And who would have thought with the Brewers unloading uh, Hader when they did was for the best? Yeah, the guy wants $14 million. I wouldn't want to sign him either. <laughs> I mean, when, not, with a, not with a 25.92 ERA. Yeah. And then you got a, and you got a guy – who was your number two closer before for dirt cheap, essentially like I don't even know if he's clearing like 5 million a year to be what, honest. Williams. Yeah. I don't know, but they, when they swapped a uh, hater to San Diego, they also traded for Rogers. So it was the first time that like two league leading closers yeah. were swapped for each other. And then San Diego clearly got the, uh, the bad end of the stick on that one so far. So, well, we went, we're going to go from the big leagues to the little leagues, Tim. Since we it. talked a little bit of uh, trade deadline, let's talk about the Little League World Series. I don't know how much of it you watched. Uh, I watched actually a good amount of the Hawaii games, and they could arguably be one of the 
best teams in Little League history. They could, they could. What was it? They won every or combined score is sixty to five. Yep. They mercy ruled just about everybody. And didn't they win it a couple of years ago? Like, yeah, I forget how long ago they won. That was their fourth title, uh, for for the state to win. Um, dude, I watched them in the first couple of games, and their pitching was just unbelievable. Those kids just played. Well, I mean, they're all what popping seventy miles an hour from. Yeah. 50 yeah. feet um, or no, it's not 50 or what, what are the it's 46? It's 46. Yeah. Yeah. It's 46. So, so it's like the equivalent of trying to hit like 110. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but even their bats, like, dude, like I said, I don't know how much of it you watched. I watched early on. I watched a lot of the games, like the elimination game and stuff. Cause they were a lot. Some of them were pretty intense, some close games, but Hawaii just put up, beating on everybody and it's it was impressive to see i mean you don't in little league you don't often see a team this dominant and we got it they, they got one we got a dominant team with them and then uh in 10 years the espn 30 or 30 will come out and then you know <laughs> maybe two of them are over age or maybe they did the chicago thing where they intentionally <laughs> redid the boundary lines and i mean so i mean but for what it is, what it is, like, you know, it's a feel-good story. Hawaii's coming out just absolutely backhanding everybody. Yeah. So I uh, didn't get a chance to watch a lot of it, unfortunately, but I did get to see the highlights, and every single highlight was Hawaii. Yeah. That's hard to not, though, I mean, for how good they were. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you score – I wonder what the record is for most runs in a tournament trip. I'm not sure. Um, but they had that kid from Utah that got hurt. Uh, oh yeah, with the top the, bunk. Or did he? Like, did he get hit in the head like during the playing tournaments, and then he fell out of the bunk or something? I don't. I don't remember. I don't know the whole story. So he fell out of the top bunk. Um, I saw he was going in for surgery for to repair his skull because he had his. He did some pretty good damage. Um, but kudos to the little league for letting his brother play for him instead. Um, I think he was. I think he's younger. I could be wrong, um, but they they allowed him to come and step in for him, and kind of brings a little feel good of what baseball is to the sport and how cool it was that they allowed that to happen. And then you know we had the the kid who got hit by the pitch in the head early in the little league tournament, and the batter went to first base and came over and hugged the pitcher for. Um, Emotion, no support, because he knew, like, hey, this wasn't intentional. I didn't mean to do it. So, uh, kudos to both those for happening. Hope the kid from Utah feels better. And it's, make, it's, it's one of those moments that makes you like the sport a little bit more. So, let's see. So, I did find a little bit. And it's also cool what Major League Baseball does when they have the big leader, leaguer sitting there and interact with the little leaguers. And uh, what was it? Was it Cedric Mullins of the Orioles who asked the – kid who was the pitcher for his towns or his state's playing game and he had that kid sign the big leaguers cap. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. And that um, I mean that 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 moment was just pretty cool. They announced that next year's big uh literally classic game up there is the Phillies versus the Nationals. So there we go. That game's okay, only so open to little out. leaguers so so team batting world series the most runs ever in a World Series was 62. 
They were too and short. It looks like, yeah. So it looks like Asia Pacific, uh, Chinese Taipei, Chinese Top Taipei, and then uh, the Dominican Republic and uh, California in 2012. So it looks like a couple have had a sh- shot at 62 there, but that's the record well, for most uh, runs in an entire tournament. I mean, or in the World runs sco- Series. I mean, not just runs scored in the World Series, but like even defensively for them to only give up f- five runs and three of them were in the championship, I'm pretty sure. I think they won like yeah, I think, 13 I think, to three. Or like, yeah, yeah, I think it was 13 to three. Yes. I mean, that, that's, that says a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's that's just dominating. That's just when you walk on the field and you know you're going to win. And yeah, it's a, it's a good feeling, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, so next year, Phillies, Nationals, I might go up for the Little League games and see if I can hang out with Bryce Harper and slide down the hill. <laughs> there you go. Who, games not open to the public, though. That sucks. ESPN sitting there going, what, what is this? This man. Annoying, bro. Oh my god, he broke and, and this man broke Bryce Harper's leg. Oh my god, he broke Bryce Harper's leg. Yeah, this I man with a racing hat out in right field lands on Bryce Harper. Yeah, I mean, some yeah. of those got some of the big leaguers that were going down there from the Orioles, like they were not sticking to that, uh, that cardboard, were they? <laughs> I was gonna say that. I mean, I don't understand how you're able to stick to the cardboard. I mean, all of it just becomes mud. If it rains, it just becomes straight mud, and if it doesn't rain, it's you know rocks. Yeah, I want to I want to talk about that for a little bit. How about I mean, dude, their schedules were so messed up because of all the rain that they got up there, constant having to postpone games the next day. Like, what was it? Uh, one of the games went to extra innings. It started. It was supposed to start at like three o'clock in the afternoon, the day before. They got they didn't even get half the game in. Went. So they had to restart the next day. It got tied. It went to extra innings. They had another rain delay, and oh it ended at like it ended after three p.m. the following day. It was like a twenty-four hour baseball game. It went eleven innings. I forget which game it was. Oh jeez. Uh, let me look that's, here. That's a, that's a little too much right there. I mean, I understand you got to get the games in and all, but come on, man. Kids got to get some sleep. Kids, kids uh, got to go to school someday. Ah uh, man, this is gonna bother me because I, I remember seeing it. It was early on. Yeah, this one's all you, man. Well, give me a second here. I'm looking I'm at so, the bracket. I'm, I'm sitting here <laughs> I'm sitting here debating, uh, tweeting at John Crook because Crook wants some uh, Twitter interactions during the Phillies game today. So, Go for I it. I got my Twitter up. I'm trying to see here. Tweeted. Okay, that's the regionals. Eventually, I'll find it and it'll dawn on me. But I just remember sitting there watching it, and I was just like, "I want to say maybe it was the Tennessee." Well, whoever it was, it was it, dude. It was just it was a marathon. Purcell, Hawaii, tennis, Tennessee, Hawaii. Hey, yeah, I was gonna say I just Google searched the uh, long Little League World Series game, and that didn't quite help out. Didn't really do much there. Yeah, I, I'm having a hard time finding it too. So, um, yeah, it was moving on. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. 
Sorry, I mean, I, I just that was one of those things that just dawned on me, and I was just like, oh, there was definitely and, a game that was like legit, <laughs> like. So, I found something else here. Let me see, let me see if I can. Might have been the Japan Latin America Twitter. game. It might have been the Japan Latin America game because it, like I said, there was a lot of scoring once it went to extra innings. I saw that one was extra inning or uh, high scoring. Anyways, well, I'll just skip it. I'll we'll eventually. Uh, Honolulu like, versus Texas in the Little League World Series expected to start at around two thirty on ESPN two after previous game went long due to weather delay plus extra innings. So, so was, was it Honolulu? Was it the Hawaii game or was it the Texas game? I don't remember. Come on, Trace. Dude, it's it's been a long month since we've been on here. Give me a break. Yeah, there's a lot we need to catch up on. Um, like our next favorite topic, our favorite, our second favorite umpire in baseball, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only one true great umpire, and his name is not C.B. Buckner or Angel Hernandez. Oh wait, that's right, it is Angel Hernandez because Angel Hernandez has never once blown a call ever. Yeah, well, if you don't know what we're talking about on this one, we just were talking about this a little bit today, and I would love to pull up the video, but I don't want us to get in trouble for it. Um, St. Louis Cardinals game. St. Louis Cardinals game. Oh, who was the batter before Arenado? Tim Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt popped out, but uh, Goldschmidt popped out like one pitch before before Goldie. Goldschmidt, yeah. Dude. Yeah, if it. If if you want to watch strike, the video, okay, the go, strike the strike zone's this big, right? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna demonstrate big. it. For C B Buckner, it's this, this big. big and it's off screen because pitcher got to a two zero count. We got two one, good good called strike on the two one count. Got the two two, and I think the two two pitch was a little bit more a little questionable. Went to three two and Pitcher throws a perfect strike on the bottom of the strike zone, and Buckner called it a ball. Guy goes on first. Goldschmidt comes up the bat, pops out first pitch, and that brings on Nolan Arenado, who decided that on his first pitch he took a ball that was way off the plate. I mean, that was not even close. Buckner called it a strike, and he turns around and goes, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was bad. And then all of a sudden, Arenado strikes out, and their manager, interim manager, whatever he is at this point, comes out and tells CB Buckner about himself and tells him, "Yeah, you need to retire. Just, just be done. You're yeah, just, you, done you with baseball. You need to go away." Okay, so I think this, I might have found his scorecard here. And we've seen CB Buckner as an umpire. I mean, I saw him in person that game that we all that we went that we all went to on that Saturday for that concert. Yeah, and it's and it, he's mm, he's bad. Uh, not as he's, bad as Angel Hernandez, but he's he's right there. Those two should never be allowed to umpire. No. And him and ever Buckner and Laz Diaz. And if you want to go see the video that we're referencing and afraid to pull up because we don't want to get it kicked off of Facebook again, was uh, <laughs> the John Boyd media who sits there and does the lip reading 
Uh, just just go to YouTube or Instagram and just search John Boy Media. Probably one of the first videos you can find. But good, good quality entertainment right there. And, then, and the thing with C.B. Buckner, too, is that it just drives me crazy. He sits there and he baits people to come out and argue with him. I mean, the whole time he's sitting there just sit, going, literally kind of doing one of these, like, okay, who's it going to be? And actually, who's in that video, be? the video we're talking about, the announcers for the game, I think it's from both teams. Well, no, some. Yeah, both teams were both teams' announcers were wondering which who's man was going to get, thrown out, get thrown out yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. he was terrible for both sides. And then I believe it was uh, the, the announcers from St. Louis after Arenado was the one that got thrown out. All you heard them do was just laugh. They knew. They knew. I mean, and, and that's and that's sad when you know you've got an umpire behind the plate. You're just sitting there going, "Well, I wonder what it's going to be today." So the reason why we're we're kind of talking about this a little bit tonight, and you know, you know about it, but those that don't, they're looking at possibly doing away with umpires behind home plate, an automated ball strike system, strike zone. Well, it's it's not that I, I did send you uh, one in a yeah. chat earlier where. The minor league is toying with the idea and experimenting with a ball strike challenge, which can only be done by the pitcher, the catcher, or the batter. Yeah, and, and well, it's, it, it's pretty leading into that, and it's pretty instantaneous. Where the catcher will literally go like, "Hey, take a look at that," to the umpire, and the umpire will turn around, give a signal, and then within like three seconds, you know, it call either gets corrected or the call stands. So. Well, I'm, I'm I'm against robot umpires, and I'm against any voice kind calm. of yeah. Well, yeah. Eh, eh, whatever. Well, I was saying it all I ties in, like like it all ties in. Like at some point, like they want to. They're talking about bringing in robot umpires. Where no, I, I, I would rather you be able to challenge the ball strike. Oh, I agree. Than, than robot um. Oh, I agree. I'm just saying, like it's guys like CB Buckner, Laz Diaz, and Angel Hernandez that is ruining the. Uh, what baseball umpires are and why they're even considering this robot umpire stuff. Cause these guys, and like these guys are bad. I mean, I don't think I've ever bad. seen it. I don't ever think I've seen a scorecard of any of them where they were Good. 95% accurate. I did the one I just pulled up for last, which I thought was the game. It was a pretty high accurate game or for CB, but which, I stuck the, uh, that's, I think, that's so I, weird though. He, it's, it's rare. I mean, or usually like, Mid eighties, high eighties, low nineties, but you, I don't hardly ever see him above ninety five percent accuracy. Yeah, let me see if I can find it again here real quick, and then it's I just, can I can share the screen here to see if it's the same one that we're looking at because that was eight twenty one Arizona and St Louis, right? Um, I believe so because John Boy's video was from yesterday. Yeah, so let's see here. And then, my um, question is: other than banning them from like being able to do the World Series games, like why are they not being held accountable for their actions behind the plate? That's 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 a great question. Um, that I don't know. Because like, like there's no reason Arenado gets thrown out in that situation. I mean, that's a dude. That's a terrible, terrible pit. Like terrible call. There you go. I understand that. I, I can share this one. Let me pull this. Up. You probably have less tabs open than I do. Not no, <laughs> no. But I'll I'll make it work here. Umpire scorecards right here. 
So this is the uh, CB Buckner and that was the one, right? Yeah, yeah. His average is ninety four percent. Now, giving credit. Now, here's here's the thing where the how you got to read this. So it's ninety four percent. I believe it's ninety four percent within his zone. Yeah. So his zone, it was everything that was in that red area that was called, and then you have your traditional strike zone outlined with the lines clearly. And then, you know, it's pretty simple can, to break down from there. Here, can, can, let me see if I can zoom in on this, just so we are clear here. Okay. Here's the normal strike zone. You yeah. see this with my mouse? This is the Buckner strike zone. That is a problem. <laughs> that, what, what's the Pokemon that looks like a, um, it's just a, it's just a blob of goo. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah that, that's what it looks like. That's I mean, look, right here. Buck- Called ball accuracy 95%, called strike accuracy 92%. Three of the 39 called strikes were true balls. Yes, let's let's see if I can go, go back here and find a real bad game from Buckner. Let's take a look at his most recent game, which was as of recording the 26th. 26th? Wow, I can't talk. That's uh, another one. Let's see here. Oh, here you go. Just just to compare the zones. Copy link. There's no no reason that your accuracy accuracy. Oh my god, I can't even talk. Your accuracy should be at least ninety seven percent in baseball. Am I wrong? Yeah. Uh, well, you should be above with strike calls. You should be above ninety percent. What was the worst? Here. I want to see what the worst scorecard was. So this is the one time. from Buckner on August 26th. Yeah, 92% accuracy. His av- he was still below average. It's just, it's just it's terrible. Like, Okay, so let's see here. And Tim, this is why baseball is changing. It's because of this guy. One of, This guy right here is one of the reasons why baseball is changing. I'm sorry, but it's just it's it's pathetic, and I I realized I spelled his name wrong on the banner. Oh well, he doesn't deserve the correct okay, spelling. I'll, I'll fix it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but he really doesn't it's, deserve. It's, it's gonna be one of those. It's gonna be one of those things that annoys you all game. Where was that? Um, uh, the one with the uh, I mean the Angel Hernandez ones are usually pretty bad. Well, so here, just so people can see, so you can go follow us on Twitter. Um, but when you're on there, go ahead. If you're a baseball fan, follow these guys. Here's a bad one. Mike Easterbrook with the Cardinals and Braves game. Yeah, I mean, this this page is always good to go around and kind of say, Steve. oh, whoa, 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 go back up, go back up. What was that <laughs> one right there? What's that high strike call? <laughs> Adrian Johnson. 82, 82%. Yeah. What, what, let's, see, let's see if we can just find a real – let's see if we can find a worse one. So right there is 82%. I mean, they get balls right. Glad they can count their balls, but we can't count a strike. Ninety <laughs> percent—that's uh, not terrible for that guy. Oh, here's Whoa. one. <laughs> Stu, Swore come water. on, Stu. I've never even heard of this guy. Never. I. My God, look! Look at all the Milwaukee, Chicago, and he seventy-eight percent. Whoa, go back up. That looked like a bad one. No, no. back down, back down. No, he not was at eighty-four percent. Gucciani. 
Now keep going. I saw one there where I couldn't even see the circle. That one right there. Oh, it's our boy Laz Diaz. Laz. <laughs> Good old Laz. I mean, it's just uh, so, this is our point though, and this is what we're kind of getting at, folks. Is like this is why we are looking at robot. Oh, what's that one? Seventy-five percent Phil Cuzzy. Phil Cuzzy. We've had him before. He's yeah. Laz he's 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 bad. He calls a lot of inside pitches strikes. I'm not. I'm not seeing a lot of uh, Angel here. Ooh, no, that one, that one's pretty. Yeah, I've never really was... seen Angel's name pop up. Yeah, maybe they're starting to learn to keep him out of the uh, limelight. <laughs> Start putting him on one of the bases, huh? <laughs> but at least they're in the current rules. You can challenge all that BS. Ooh, Ooh, what's that a good one? one? Dan Bellino. I've seen him umpire. He is he. He's not terrible. This here is See, bad for him. He's actually I've seen him in games where he like he's very fair. Like if he's yeah. bad for one so, team, so, though, so, he's okay, bad so for go, another. So go back up here. Here's go back to Dan's. One thing about Dan's here is you look at where his strike zone where he was calling strikes, there's only one outside of that zone for that day. Right. right. That was called a strike. So yes, the ones that are outside of the traditional zone should be balls, but if he's calling them strikes for both sides, you really can't complain. I mean, you can, but you can because they're not legit strikes and whatnot. But he's being fair across the board for everybody. Malachi Moore when the Phillies won six nothing the other day. Yeah, I'm not no seeing much. No angel. Uh, let me let me look here see if I can find a quick angel one. Well, here's another CB Buckner one. Oh God. He was ninety-two percent Milwaukee and the Cubs. Yeah, but look at look at all the balls. Yeah, but and look at it. So compared to that first one we showed and this one, look at the difference of his strike zone. So yeah, the zone is very it's, inconsistent. It's, it it's so moves. inconsistent. It's so bad. So umpires. Yeah, I don't really see nothing for Angel Man. Like, let's see. That's I'll pop him up here real quick. Let's get with his most. Oh, I got one. Game. I got it. I got it. August twenty-sixth. Yeah, Against. that's the one I was just about to pull up. Yep. Dodgers, Miami. Uh, not, all, that's actually not bad all for Angel. Place. Yeah, but that's, that's not bad for considering what his strike zone is. That's not bad for how accurate he was. So, that's, so he didn't do completely terrible in that game. Wasn't wasn't complete ass. But every time I see his name, the only thing I can think about is the Schwarber. Yeah, deal. the Schwarber <laughs> blow up. Yeah, this mouse, this mouse is horrible. So, well, we're gonna get off that one. So, thanks to uh, thank you, CB Buckner, for being a. I want those words. I want to to use. I, those words I want to use. I'm just not gonna use them. He's not worth it. He's not worth those words. Nah, he's not. But give us a follow on Twitter, just outside three, and go follow Umpire Scorecards to uh, take a look at the umpires. So you can be mad with us at every time we see. The scorecard. The collective. I can't tell you how many times I've heard a collective groan when I've been to a baseball game and they announce Angel Hernandez is one of the umpires. Or the entire stadium. Or the entire up. stadium just it deflates. Like, oh, God. Um, let's get into some good stuff. How about that? I mean, I like ripping on umpires. So do I. Let's get into some positive things here. For example. Yeah, I'll positively rip the umpires. Mickey... Mantle. Fun fact. Fun fact. I share. I share a birthday with Mickey Mantle. October twentieth. Cool. 
two different years, obviously. Um, I hope so. But uh, 1952 Mickey Mantle card that was found in an attic sold for $12.6 million. <laughs> oh. I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't get it. And this is maybe something if you uh, talk to Hollywood again about what makes this card so special. But um, I have a, I, I know I have a copy of this card somewhere. But it's it's a, it's clearly not the million dollar card. It's just a it's a knockoff. But still, like, well, oh I don't I don't understand God. what makes the card so special. Well, let's just let's, so everybody is aware. The record before this was a Honus Wagner card. That's yeah, tops at seven point two seven point two five million. And that was earlier this month. So. You're talking the finest condition example of the most iconic post-war card in the world, whatever that means. It's just it's so insane, dude. Just finds a <clears throat> random here. So we're talking about this guy, Rosen's journey with the Mantle card started in the 1980s when he received a call from a local man who claimed to have a collection of mint 52 tops cards that came from his dad. Uh, when Rosen arrived, he quickly realized the caller hadn't been lying and paid $125,000 for 5,500 cards, with this Mickey Mantle card being among the haul. After that... almost immediately selling the mantle for $1,000, Rosen bought it back in 91 and flipped it again for forty grand to Anthony Giordano. Now, some 30 years later, Giordano and his sons put the card up for auction, where it sold for $12.56 million. More than they bought it for. So okay, so it looks like another one of these fifty twos that was graded a nine, so only point five lower was five point two. So you mean to tell me that the difference between nine and a nine point five is seven million dollars? <laughs> I, I, I just don't get it. Now I, I get now now I get why the Honus Wagner card is worth it because of the story behind it. Yeah. And it being uh, back when baseball cards were sold with uh, tobacco, you know, cigarettes or anything like that. And Honus Wagner didn't want the kids having access to tobacco and they, he didn't want his card associated with it. So that's, I get why <clears throat> that one became worth the money and why it became rare, but I don't understand this one. It's not like, I mean, I get that it's in great condition. But I don't understand the story, and maybe that's just because I'm not a card guy. Well, I don't we'll, know. We'll have to we'll have to talk to Hollywood and get his opinion, and so we can come back on this on a different time. Because I'm curious too, like what makes this card twelve point five six million dollars? What makes any piece of paper twelve point <clears throat> besides the check that the amount's written on um, <laughs> the tree that it was cut from? This this card was cut from. Fine oak wood from the forest, and the tree was a, the oldest example <laughs> of a redwood oak. It was a two thousand year old blue tree. leaves. Yeah, seven thousand year old tree that was down to its last root, and out of that last root, we decided to make a nineteen fifty two Mickey Mantle baseball card. Oh, dude! It's only three were made in the world. This one's the last living example. This is uh, this is a conversation we got to have with Hollywood because I think he would his insight on this would be perfect, and it's it's just insane to me though like twelve point 
$12 million for a baseball card. Kudos to that family for oh. deciding to auction also, it. What, I mean, also, who the hell has $12 million laying around and be like, yeah, let's just spend it on a baseball card? I can name a few baseball players that do. Let's just go with the average Joe Schmoes. Elon Musk. <laughs> He's average, right? I said average. He's average. Not, yeah, you know, average uh, rocket maker and average, yeah. you know, businessman and, you know, Joe Rogan. Uh, extraordinaire. Probably, Joe Rogan extraordinaire. <laughs> uh, some more good news for us to talk about. We're going to have some, even at the last topic, we're going to have some good news. It's going to have some funny news in it, to be honest with you. And you'll, I didn't share this with you because I was making it a surprise, but this one you Uh-oh. know about. The World Baseball Classic team for the United States is being announced slowly but surely. Slowly, um, very, very slowly. So far, but- impressive. Lo- so far, we'll get into the coaches here in a little bit. Um, so far, the roster consists of JT Realmuto. Will Smith, Pete Alonzo, Paul Goldschmidt, Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, Tim Anderson, Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, Cedric Mullins, Mike Trout, and Kyle Tucker. We have yet to get any pitchers to be named to the roster. Um, But so far, this is shaping up to be a really, really good baseball team. And uh, makes me me ask the question is, uh, are they going to go with designated hitters or a pitcher's going to hit because you got a problem here with your first baseman and your outfield. I'll say you got a problem with the outfield. First base, the first base is pretty much. Well, no, as in who plays versus who hits. Oh, dude, come on. You and I both know who's going to be playing first base. Goldschmidt. Yep. (laughs) I'm sorry. I like, I like Pete, but but you're coming off the bench, bro. But 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 if there's a DH, you could throw Pete in. But if there's not a DH, what do you do with Harper? Like if he's not going to be able to throw yet, it depends on who's the pitching matchups. You just switch them. Pete's a right-handed bat. Bryce is a left-handed bat. But then that's a simple solution. But what if there's no DH? And then what? What do you just pinch hit Harper? Why not? If he can't throw, why not? Seems like a bit of a waste. I mean, it seems like a. Not necessarily. I, I guarantee you, though, but they're they're going to go with the, they're going to end up with a DH. They usually, they, they usually stick to regular major league baseball rules because that's what three quarters of this tournament is. Is is the governing body rules. of the World Baseball Classic Major League Baseball? Are they the governing body? That's a good question. I don't know. Because it would, if they were, it would make sense. But if it's like an international committee. Um, who, run, <laughs> who runs the world? Here, World Baseball Classic rules and regulations. Oh my God, that's a lot. Up, <laughs> uh, playing rules. Designated hitter. Official base. Uh, let's see. Sanctioned from 06 to 13 by the International Baseball Federation, and after 13 by the World Baseball Softball Confederation. So WBSC in partnership with Major League Baseball. So Major League Baseball, baseball has a say. So it could be just Major League rules. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they're going to have the DH. It would make sense. No, no pitchers overuse. They can't exceed 95 pitches. So they're not going to – they, they're not going to be overused. That means there's going to be a designated hitter. Yeah, and the 95 pitches, it's going to be a it, – I'm going to call it a Little League rule, but yeah, in just, terms of you know rest days versus how much you can throw and all of that. 
Up oh, here we go. I just found it. Rules of play, pitch counts, 85 pitches per game in a qualifying round, 65 pitches per game in the first round, 80 pitches per game in a second 65? round. Yep. And then 80 pitches in the second round and 95 in the championship round. A minimum of four days have passed since he last pitched if he threw 50 or more pitches. One day if he threw 30 or more. And a minimum of one day has passed since any second consecutive day on which the pitcher pitched. So you can pitch no more. Okay, than... so you can pitch two days under 30, but you're that's required for the bull. Yeah, that's day. for the bullpen. That's for the, yeah. basically the bullpen. Uh, mercy rule. Games are called if one team is ahead by 10 or more runs after any complete inning, beginning with the completion of the seventh inning, or 15 or more runs after any complete inning, beginning with the completion of the fifth inning. Mercy rules do not apply during the championship round, and the designated hitter rule applies for all games. Okay, so that solves that. So that means uh, Goldschmidt plays first, and then you DH Alonso and Harper pending matchup. Oh, Tim. What? Tim. What? Breaking news? Extra innings. Ghost Runner. Not just one. Two? One first and second. Oh, my God. But, <laughs> but, but, it's Ghost Runner. See, Ghost Runner in actual Major League Baseball does not make sense. When you're in a tournament and you have to fit so many games in a certain amount of days, it makes sense. So I'm not going to complain about it in this setting. Oh, I'm going to... oh wait. No, 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 no. Hold on. I Hold on. This. Oh, my God. This is even worse. Oh, oh God. Starting with the 11th inning, teams automatically start with runners on first and second base. So it's only after 11 innings does the ghost runner come into play. Bruh. What? <laughs> What? <laughs> Bruh. Oh my god. god. Yeah. This god. Mm. I I try not to swear on this show and I, I think I do a really good job. The son of a bitch. <laughs> and if I'm allowed one swear an episode, I think I'm gonna use it here. God fucking damn it. Yeah. God damn it. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's mm, I got a problem with that one, but uh, so because I was blank staring into the camera, so it only starts in the eleventh. Yeah, <laughs> ghost runner on first and second in the eleventh inning, but no ghost runner in the tenth. No. So what makes the eleventh so special? Double ones, baby. Now it doesn't say anything about a ghost runner in the tenth inning. It just says. Two ghost runners on base in the eleventh inning, so I would assume though, one in the tenth. Though that that does it makes it a little bit interesting because if you're just on second, a ground ball to the right side advances them to third with one out. Yeah. Now, if you go to go on first, you could at least roll two, and that way you've got two outs with the guy on third. So that one, I I, I like it a little bit more than what. Major League Baseball's is because it comes on later, but I still hate the Ghost Runner. I agree. I, it's, I still hate the Ghost Runner. I agree. <clears throat> well, we got about 13 minutes left in the show, so let's get into this. We, we can talk more about how I, I was right. 
because I'm telling you, we could have like an hour long discussion about how much we hate the Ghost Runner. So, yeah, we um, I am going to start out with something I haven't even told you about yet, but I'm sure you saw it. And it makes me laugh hysterically because you'll, if I tell you a name, are you going to remember? Doctor Strike Zone? No. If I tell you this name, are you going to know who it is? Maybe. Zach Campbell. Oh, God. I know okay. where you're going with this. The No Fun Police. Yeah, this, guy's so a, that... this guy's a freaking... I've tried watching some of his videos. <laughs> I tried. I gave him a chance. And I get Hold that on. he makes content. And I get that he does things. But <sighs> dude, the dude for... acts like an overgrown child trying to chase down home run balls. Okay, so for those that I've don't got know... 700-some-odd home run balls. Oh, it's 7,000. Yeah, 7,000. Um, oh, oh, great. So that means that means he shoved over 7,000 kids out of the way, probably. So, Zach Hampel, for those that don't know, is a baseball He's home run collector guru. He's a very big fan. He try, he goes around and tries to catch home run balls. Well, And let me, and let me preface by this. I'm, he, he is. It's a very good business model for him, and he's right. probably made a good amount of money, and he gets to go around – and visit every ballpark and see any matchup that he wants, which and, is the dream for any fan. So congratulations right. on Zach for achieving that dream. And, and to his credit, yes, he has pushed people out of the way, but he has also given away a lot of balls over the years too. Yeah, he has. He has. So it's a good point. Kudos, kudos. But what we're talking about is he went and wanted to catch a home run at the Rockies because I don't know if he actually has any from Colorado. Um, so he bought a ticket. And... So the most home run hitter friendly ballpark for the man that has all the most home run balls. Yeah. So he buys a ticket, right? And he goes to his seat and is like, I need to move 10 feet over that way. My right, your left. And that's the way I'm going to catch a baseball. And an usher said, Nope, you have to sit in your assigned seat. And he went on this tirade about how they're no fun, they're strict, blah, 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 Worst blah, blah, blah. Worst fan experience ever. And... Dude, you have like t- however many home run balls shut up. Yeah. Now, the one thing I will also give Zach credit for is he has petitioned for the uh, fans getting back into the ballpark when batting practice is going on. Because you can't go watch batting practice anymore, which I, I think sucks. I agree. I loved. I always loved going in for batting practice. Yeah, you go go get your spot early, and then just you know try to catch a ball. Yeah, but so, you know not make a living dude, out of it. This is so childish, though. Like, come on, you have an assigned seat. Who cares? Just sit there. If if a ball comes to you, it comes to I, you. If not, like whatever. I, I, I think his argument was that they weren't allowing him to get up, but everybody else was. So he, I guess that they were singling him out. And oh boy! So, like, you well, 11, so you can't have eleven. So you can't have eleven thousand and one baseballs. Oh, oh, oh my, my goodness! Not on my watch, buddy. Dude, if he's okay, here's where my problem lies with this. If he knows. It seems like he knows where all most home runs go. Am I wrong? Based based on what I mean, it sounds it's, like, it's not that hard to assume, depending who the hitter is. But but in each ballpark where most of the home runs are hit, he probably knows where where the where, majority go, where yeah, they go, okay. or where the best chance is. So why would you not buy a ticket for that spot? Because you always go, you always change on the hitter. 
Sometimes he tries to go for the foul balls. Sometimes he tries to go for the home run. Tries but, to goes. But I'm, I'm just ball. saying, if you're going for the home run balls and you know where the ball is more than likely going to get hit in that ballpark, why would you just not buy a ticket for that ballpark in that section? I don't know. That, those seats. I have a I have a thing then for when we want to talk about certain seats in a ballpark if we want to include this in the headlines. Go for it. I mean, I, I brought up the Zach Campbell thing for headlines. So. Um. This is in this is the Oakland incident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that incident. This incident. Yeah. Show 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 me your love of the game. And uh, have you seen some of the signs that have Oh my god, they're so great. Keep your head in the game. Well, you know what's really Don't funny? Blow it. What's really funny is I don't know divers if I sent it to you and John on it or not. I know it was on TikTok, but it's also on Instagram and stuff too. There was this kid and his cousin. His cousin just graduated from college, and they did all thirty ballparks in ninety days, and they uh, were rating them on yeah. on scales. Right? You and I were talking about this at the best yeah. club, I think. Yeah. So just for so to catch you conti- yeah, so you yeah. can ca- so you can continue on with with your part of the story so people understand. So this kid went, they're from Philadelphia. The cousin went to Dickinson, which is near us, Tim and I, and John and I, and all of us. Um, they did all 30 ballparks, 90 days, rating them for outside experience, fan experience inside, food, all that stuff. So, of course, they had to go to Oakland, and Oakland was rated the worst stadium that they went to. So, Tim, continue so people can paint the picture on how bad Oakland's um, Coliseum is. Why this is uh, why this is a story. <laughs> so I mean, wait, in in terms of why it's the worst stadium, or why that? Uh... Why this is a like okay. So my what makes this if you look at this so called picture and video that happened, there's nobody in that section. There's nobody in that entire upper deck because nobody goes to Oakland for a baseball game except for yeah, these they two. go. They, well, no, I don't think they were there for the baseball game. <laughs> I, I think they were there to, for something trying be, else. Trying to be PG, bud. All right. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, let's see here. But if you, but, uh, I, but, but, if, but if you, saying, if so you was... open this, if you open this second link, I'm going to send you. It's safe. You're not going to see it. I believe you have to disclose oh, yeah. that you want to <laughs> see. They, they visit the seat of the. Yeah, I saw this. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Go these ahead and seats share. Suck. Yeah, these seats suck. Yeah, go, yeah. You, you you can share, or if you want to share the screen, you can scroll yeah. down. Uh, and s- and this is from the New York safe. Post, so thank you, New York Post, for. Yeah. So. And if uh, here's the seat that apparently happened then. All right, we're here at the. Seat. Yeah. So this is the view you have of. Uh, of the game. Of the game. Maybe. Don't know which game. Don't know. Yep, there don't it know is. which game. Yep. Yeah, I can, that's a great view right there. But if you look, look at how empty this is. So well, it's also so, a football stadium. Well, right. So the here's some signs. Yeah, and I believe the next one. Okay, so yep, you have to click. I, no, no, jeez. Oh, yeah, we'll skip that. Yeah, skip. And that. we'll skip that. Skip that one. Um, and then I. Be- Wait, hold on. What's what's hey, so I don't have security. I don't have security. <laughs> 
but so, so to my point of what I was getting at earlier with that and why this is funny and a big deal for everybody is because if you look at how empty the stadium is, that's the one thing that those guys said in their little um, show that they were doing. Yeah, and it doesn't shock me either. I mean, not only is the stadium garbage, the team isn't competitive at all. Uh, yeah, it's just they're... it it in Oakland for the history that Oakland has and the franchise has, like it deserves so much more. Also, we would like to point out that those kids that had the signs up, um, they got kicked out of the game. Yes, they did. They did get so. kicked out of the game. So, so that didn't surprise they, me any. They uh, well, that's not the only thing that surprised them. Or surprised Oakland. I mean, that's probably um, the most. Me- it's sad to say this is probably the most media attention Oakland's gotten the entire year. Probably, other than the Moneyball story. That was two thousand what four? Yeah, it still counts. All right. Yeah, we forget, and Moneyball forgets the that they had a Cy Young winner Barry Zito or MVP Miguel Tejada, and they also had Mark Mulder and Tim Hudson and Eric Chavez, but let's focus on Scott Hatterberg and David Justice. Right. Um, A couple more things here. Philly's got Harper back. Let's roll. Yay. About time. And how how good was it to see that lineup at full strength for the first time in months? And how awesome of an ovation was it that Harper got? Just place blew up. And of course... and he couldn't have scripted it any better. He comes up with the bases loaded. Yeah. I think it's a two-run single out of it. Did you, uh, but you know, know what? So so we, who was I talking to about this? I think it's my uncle I was talking to about this, who's a Nationals fan. And we said, uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to show this on there just because it's, no, that is not us that does the broadcast for the league race, but thanks for tuning in to the baseball show. Uh, that'd be checkers and wreckers. That usually puts that on there, which you can catch me on there on the podcast when we do our next show. Um, but uh, yeah. Oh, so I turned a thought there for a second. Um, Your no, but, yeah, so, yeah. So my uncle and I were talking about this. So younger Harper was arrogant and, an a-hole and you could, it was hard to like root for him but yeah, since he's like grown up and since he's come to philly it's kind of cool to see how chilled out he has become and how like he's all about the fans now like when he was in washington he was a me guy he wasn't about anybody else he was all about himself he is not about himself anymore and it is one of the coolest things i've ever seen like he, he really flipped his personality since he came to philly Oh, yeah, and I think that was, you know, more of the, you know, he was looking for a place to, you know, to uh, begin his family, have somewhere where his family can stay for the next decade plus. So yes. just, you know, the more mature guy putting every, even putting his, I don't want to say put his family before himself, but looking for the best possible situation. Yep. So. He definitely did that. I gotta find. I cannot find. There's a there's a clip that's pretty hysterical. It's uh, of course it's a SpongeBob clip with uh, Bryce Harper coming back and everybody losing their minds. But oh you know. oh hold on hold on I got I'm gonna show this since it's since we're talking about Harper. I just found this on Facebook from Bar from Barstool Sports Philly. Okay. Okay. I you haven't seen this yet. I'm sure. You ready for this? Hit me. Oh, I just saw the thumbnail, but I didn't play it. 
It's, it's not a it's not a video. It's just no, a picture. I ride with Philly Bob. <laughs> this, this is what I'm talking about, dude. Harper, this is a, this. Harper threw Girardi under the bus. Oh, he did in, in his latest press conference or in his last one. But, but this is what I'm talking about, though. Like this is a Harper that he would not have gotten in Washington. No, and also too, it, I think the Wash the Nationals really again the front office screwed that up. They had two generational outfielders and they lost both of them one to free agency and they traded they were at least smart and traded the other they offered bad contracts they offered things that the guys felt wasn't you know proving what they were worth or in probably in terms of harper you know not really fully getting behind him and not paying him as if he's the guy because they, I guess Soto was there, and I guess they viewed Soto as the guy, but then they never really paid Soto what Soto thought he was worth. So, vicious well, circle. Give me, uh, give me one more headline, Tim, before we uh, get off of here. It could be from the last month. I mean, we talked about the trade deadline stuff, so it could be anything. I'm just trying to think here because the Oakland, the Oakland thing's just hysterical. Um, that's that's my funniest thing. Oh, is that I was at the uh, Phillies game the couple of weeks ago, where the only game that they won against the Mets in <laughs> six. So there was that, and Kyle Schwarber of all people had a triple. And we can't play the audio for the this one thing, but somebody put the Pirates of the Caribbean theme behind Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> Dude, running for a triple. So weird. His run is so weird. It's great. I love it. Well, let me. Uh, yeah. I can I can send you the link here, but probably don't want to play any of the audio. We can probably post it in the comments. Oh, can I do that? Yeah, you should be able to. You might be able to. I might not. Right. But uh, I'll post it here in the comments. It's on my Twitter page if you want to go find that. Oh, I got it right here. We'll post this into the comments. Oh, my goodness. Why won't it let me? I'm hitting. Let's see. Unless you got to go into the Facebook and comment it there. I'll probably have to do it to the Facebook. Oh, well, whatever. Just, just get, if you search up uh, the Twitter pages, uh, Philly's oh, Muse. Nope. Got it. There, there it is. Got it. There it is. Uh, oh, okay. So for, oh, God, I need to mute. Anyways, um, so I don't really have anything else other than we'll be. Oh, Back. Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, paid. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Julio, Julio, J-Rod got paid lots of money. And that's a, a weird deal. That's a, uh, well, that's... Have, did you read the read? It's It starts as like an eight-year, $140 million, and that's the base. Yeah, it's still it's, terrible. It starts as an eight-year, 140 but then you have certain options between the player and the team, which could make it. Uh, eight or ten years additional, or five, and then you get more money based on MVP finals and all of that. So the whole thing could end up being like a like a fourteen, fifteen year contract in like the four hundred million range, or it could be at worst an eight year one forty. It's it's such a strange contract. It's a dumb contract. <laughs> Oh, based I mean, on what he's doing in his rookie year. I mean, there's nothing that says he's going to. That's that's what I was going to say, too. But if he does keep it up and 
you're only going to pay him 140 million for eight years and you knock out all of the arbitration years. It's not bad. And then if he continues to keep it up, you have the club option, which gives you either eight or 10 additional years. And then it bumps it to like 200. It's like a 200 million, some extension after that, making the total contract like worth three something. It's, it's, it's weird. If it's the future of contracts, I don't want it to be like every player's contract because this it's going to get confusing quick. <laughs> Let's just keep it simple. 13 years, $330 million. <laughs> that that would be simple. Well, we kept it simple with, with MV3, so. That's because we're Philadelphia and we know how to do that. Did you see the uh, stupid Orioles stat of players with the last names beginning with R-U-T and their career home runs? No. Oh, the Orioles did something dumb like that, where it was like Babe Ruth, 714, some guy never heard of, like 30, and then Adley Rutschman, 8. And then they highlighted (laughs) that Ruth and Rutschman share a birthday. Oh, my God. It it was the dumbest of dumb stats. It's one of those ESPN, this hitter – leads the team in doubles when the weather is 75 degrees or warmer in the month of June at a game that starts at 6.05 when a left-hander is on the mound whose secondary pitch is a breaking ball that tops no more than 86 miles an hour. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's That's a lot to take in. That's a lot to take in. Well. That's what she said. Oh, God. That's what she said, too. Um. Anyways, uh, final thought. Um, death to all stupid stats. You oh, ain't lying. Uh, I'm gonna end with check out the Dukes. I think they're doing a show this week, previewing a probably a little bit of college football talk that starts this week. Super kicking it with Steven. Our boy here, Tim, has been joining in on that on Sundays, usually yep. Sunday nights. Steve, uh, there's a big weekend of wrestling coming up, so I believe they're going live Friday, possibly Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But uh, keep an eye out because they're going to be hitting it hard this weekend. We'll try and be back on our normal Sunday morning schedules. Um, if we can all just, you know, get our stuff figured out. Yeah. Uh, and then racing, we might be live tomorrow. If not, we're going to pick a different time slot to do our show. Uh, we just came back after having a few weeks off for there, too. So we're trying to get back in the swing of that. Um, so you can check us out, Checkers and Wreckers. You got, like I said, over here, you got Super Kicking It with Steven, the Dukes of Football. You got State of Basketball doing shows here and there. Combat Zone should soon be back. Um, and, yeah. And you got us here just a bit outside. Check out all of our great partners at the bottom of the screen. Uh, if you aren't sure what they are, and it goes by too fast, we got Elite Performance, What's Popping Corn Snacks, Bare Knuckle Corn Snacks as well, Revved Up Tattoos, and MyBookie.ag. Raphael is a very good guy when it comes to bets. If you're trying to make some bets, please check him out. Use, your, use the promo codes that are posted at the bottom of this show and all of our other shows and make try and win some money. Tell them that the boys from just a bit outside sent you or the boys from the Dukes or all of us at BW sports sent you. So. BW sports sent you. Yeah. 
So from all of us at the network, all of us, Tim and I both from this show, we thank you and we will hopefully see you soon. I think. <laughs>